Hi, HRN listeners. We're celebrating our 15th anniversary and we have a really fun campaign and an ask for you. This 15th anniversary tour is aiming to bring you closer to unique food and music experiences in some of the most exciting cities in America. All the while, we're raising funds to support our work empowering the next generation of food system storytellers through our fellowship programs. Here's how it works. Donate to HRN and be entered into a raffle in the city of your choice to win a dinner for two at a noteworthy restaurant and tickets for two to a concert at a prominent local venue. We have incredible partners in New York, Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Nashville, Las Vegas, Charleston, Asheville, and Ardmore, Pennsylvania, who have donated a meal for two and two tickets to a concert of the winner's choice. And all donations help fund our fellowship programs, where we're helping to build essential workforce readiness skills and food system storytelling skills. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15. Thank you. Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super-duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? It's the Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, to pluck the low-hanging fruit of the literati, your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire. Hello! We had to do... We we couldn't do a new intro, but Mike Edison is not here today. He's in Chicago. <laughs> so I had to have two people come in to make up for the amount of noise that Mike Edison normally makes. <laughs> um, my special co-host for today is an old friend of mine from high school, and we're still friends. Val Frankel, a very successful authoress, author of It's Hard Not to Hate You, as well as 25 other books, and the upcoming Snooky blockbuster gorilla beach hi val welcome hi judy thank you or should i say violet <laughs> that's my pseudonym in her book <laughs> i read all about judy's hijinks in high school my dad said i seemed like the most sensible person in the book oh absolutely no question about it <laughs> which is pretty scary if you have an unfiltered memory of my high school experience but but keeping with the mics we have um Sort of filling in for the other Mike, although he prefers the more formal Michael. Well, in writing. (laughs) Michael Malice, author of the upcoming book by D.L. Co-author of D.L. Hughley's next book. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but Michael will tell us. Uh, I want you to shut the fuck up. Wow. But just the the letters. No, we might have it. They wanted a slur in the title because of Go the Fuck to Sleep. Right. Um, So they're jumping on that success. Yeah. It's going to be DL as Uncle Sam on the cover. I want you to shut the fuck up. Wow. Are they going to have trouble getting in this Walmart? 
do you think? Well, because, you know, maybe getting into Denny's. But <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, they can get in. They just can't get served. Uh, I, I don't know that Walmart has ever been a concern for Dale Hughley, to be honest. Yeah, he's kind of above that. Yeah. Um, what we're talking about today is being shut-ins. Um, mm. Freelance writers are generally at home alone a lot. There are other professions that do that, too, but the ones that I know are all freelance writers. So I wanted to talk to you guys about how you um, deal. Now, Val has family. I do. I have two children. And a husband who also is a shut-in. <laughs> well, he's an opera singer and a musician, so he works nights mainly. So, um, but we do knock around the house a lot during the day. And uh, no, oh my God, not not uh, you know in a nice way, Lucy. The daughter just thought I meant something else by knock about the house. Having sex on every surface while you guys are at school. That doesn't happen until they're at camp during the summer, honestly. <laughs> oh, honestly. we're upsetting Michael. <laughs> But Michael, okay, I have cats at home, so I talk to my cats all day, being a cat lady. You have succulents. I have 200 plant species in my house, that's correct. And do you, do you talk to the plants? They talk to me. <laughs> what do they say? Killed the mailman. <laughs> and the dog agrees. Wait, do you have a dog too? No, oh. that's what makes it scary. <laughs> I love the mailman. The mailman can make or break my mood for the day. Depending if he brings a check or a bill. Yes. Yes, I hear that. I don't know that I have any interaction with the mailman. I, yeah, I, I don't I'll, either. I'll listen to it. I'll listen for it and go like, oh, I think I hear the door. And I'll go running like a little yappy dog. It's my human contact <laughs> for the day. I have a really cute UPS guy. That's my. Sometimes I just order stuff from Amazon. To just see him. <laughs> to see your special love. I do love him. But sometimes we get the fill-in guy. The fill-in guy will just leave stuff on my stoop. Right, like, just in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn. Like, that's, that's not nice. allowed. That's <laughs> against UPS regulations, too. I think that you should write them a letter. You should, we should all write them a letter. So wait, so how do you guys, I, working home alone, you don't have a boss standing over your shoulder. Well, no. Jesus is my boss and my co-pilot. <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone has such a close relationship with the Lord as you do, they Michael. They do, they just don't know it. <laughs> they haven't been tapped yet. Yeah. How do you deal with procrastination? Like the the temptation to go and just constantly refresh the comments on reblogging Donk or something. Well, this is, I mean, I've given a lot of thought to this question and, and I've got a really short but really pertinent answer. Uh, one of the, you know, there's, you see movies that change your life and affect you profoundly. And one of those movies for me was about a boy with Hugh Grant, who I loathe. But the premise of the film is his dad wrote this great Christmas uh, song, right. and because of the residuals, he never has to work. Right. And he explains at the beginning of the movie how he divides the day into segments, like getting his hair carefully mussed right. up. Right, 15-minute intervals. Right, it's two segments, and, right. and you know, making cappuccinos one segment. So I actually have like extreme structure, or else I'll go crazy. Really? Yes. So you mean you write from you know noon to 3... No, I can only write for an hour at a time, but I'll do three shifts at a day. But I also have a rule that I, as a guy, I have to go out and hunt one of my meals or else I'll go crazy. <laughs> so every, I have to have one meal outside the house every day. But do you, you just like at a restaurant, you're not cornering a squirrel or, or, no, or, or churning your own butter. No, but like I'll meet someone or, or, or something like that. You right. don't find that lunch screws up your day? Yeah, I do. I hate, I going, do. I hate lunches. How? Cause, because cause you have to go somewhere and you then you go. Right. And usually it's in the city. Yeah. So you take the train to Manhattan. That's 45 minutes. And then you have an hour and a half lunch. And then you, by the time you come back, you and know, then, it's already the afternoon. But those are three segments. You see, it fits into it's like Tetris. I, I have to say that in, you know, what I've learned over the years watching hugely successful people in my acquaintance 
is that they gain energy from doing things like taking the train and having a lunch or a meeting where it sucks the energy really? to clean me from too. me. If a lunch, forget it. That's it wow. for the day. Wow. I, yeah. I, I feel like I've accomplished something by going to a lunch. Yeah, I get the accomplishment feeling, but I'm totally drained. And, and then you could like get distracted on the way back. Like, oh, well, let me just look in Filene's or something. Well, right, it's true. Or okay, the farmer's the market. No, it's, I don't. You know how ladies shopping. Like to shop. That's all you girls think about, isn't <laughs> I it? Shop, I know, shopping in our periods. Shopping in our shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's. I, I like the time interval and the, definitely the work for an hour yeah. and then take a break. And then you don't feel guilty about taking the break. Because, like, you know, sometimes your brain's like you haven't written enough. So if you program those breaks in, it's a lot easier. It's true. What about I am? Like, I cannot be on I am because, like, 50 people will I am me. So I'm always hidden. No one likes to show off, Judy. <laughs> They're I, not- I don't have that problem. No one wants I'm to talk yeah, to me. No one wants to talk to me either. So. <laughs> and- so you're fired. But it's all people with real jobs who don't do anything all day because they're... We have real jobs. We just don't go to okay. an office. Well, the thing is that they get paid yeah. to sit around and I am their friends. Exactly. Where we don't get paid unless we don't I am people. Yeah. So oh. I guess I, I I couldn't do the time interval thing. Be, well, I mean, I, I just basically go until I cannot go any further. And that could be 10 minutes or it could be two hours. But you're really prolific, too. I yeah. mean, you, you, you can churn them out and everything's good. Yeah, I cannot. I since like, the since the new memoir out, came out, produces. I, I produce right. But it, since the memoir came out, it, what it, memoir this, is that? This is the the <laughs> memoir called "It's Hard Not to Hate You." That where is be, that available? It's available where bookstores are, uh, where bookstores are, <laughs> and in them, in them as well, and also and at, at Amazon. But you know, uh, it is. I do. I am prolific, and I do. Uh, come out with a lot of stuff. But it's all because I have to. I have to pay tuition and right. and. Um, but when the book came out, you know, I sent my mass emails apologetically, but it has to happen. And people at parents' night at school, three different people, you know, of course, I barely talk to the, the other parents because <laughs> you're cause I hate them, because I Hateful. hate everybody. No wonder nobody IMs you, Val. It's true. Yeah, hater. Hater hate. Hater's going to hate. <laughs> but three separate people came up to me. It's like, oh, I saw the email about your new book. Man, you sure do crank them out. And wow. I have to say, I'd like a ban on the phrase crank them crank out. I did say churn. You did. Churn, and I, crank. I, I, it's not butter I'm making. <laughs> it's not sausage. I am, I, I, I'm I did sorry. Not, I, did not I think mean... your anecdotes go down like butter. Smooth and delicious. Ooh. Ooh, I just felt a tingle. <laughs> <laughs> and, I feel guilt, and I feel guilty. <laughs> Husband and daughter sitting right here, Malice. <laughs> I feel guilty for eating butter, I meant. What is wrong with you, woman? Jeez, lady. Now, what about the, the um, occasional... A lot of people, when they have jobs, I, I always enjoy talking to other humans. Like, how do you deal with the loneliness? Do you call Lonely? people? Wait, wait. First of all, I like the presumption that there's loneliness. I feel lonely sometimes. Isolation and loneliness are not the same thing. Okay, I, this is what happens to me a lot of times. Uh-oh, I will work... No, oh, here we go. Okay, Into work, the procrastinate, whatever, from 8 till 8. And then... Wow, that's a long time. Wow. Wow. Okay, I, I, there were big procrastination That's breaks. That's a big day. That's a big wow. eight to eight, twelve hours of Where procrastinating. Where do you fit your television in? I don't really, After I don't eight. really watch TV until nighttime. I guess you're better than us, huh? <laughs> I, I like television. I love. I watch a lot of crap TV. I'm not better. I'm not one of those. I don't watch TV okay. people. And now that Oprah's off, I really have nothing to watch in the afternoon. It's right. I don't turn on the TV until the news, but that starts at six. Yeah, I don't do that. But but then when I go when I meet I somebody like for news. a drink or for dinner, I talk so much. So oh, I know so, I always like, apologize <laughs> too. I, I'm like, listen, I or if I'm interviewing somebody for the first time, mm-hmm. or if I 
just to have a friend conversation with like a new person. I always feel like I'm blabbing and I often apologize and say, look, I'm sorry. I don't talk enough and I'm out of practice. And I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay, if I'm you guys rambling. have it way off. And this is what I do all day. I have I, uh, ICs or uh, IAs, which are imaginary arguments or imaginary <laughs> conversations. That way, when you're meeting someone, the anecdote is in tip top shape. Or if you have to argue with someone you have comebacks for everything that they say so you'll seem incredibly witty and urbane it's true but you but you're like a super genius like you can catalog all those responses and you're you're good i'm just not that smart i'm sorry i'm like inky get off the table you are that smart and everyone's that smart come on nobody's gonna get on the table in front of me i know what to do if someone stands on the table but like take a lot of intelligence (laughs) to anticipate what a stupid person will say in an argument But why are you going to talk to stupid people? Have you met, have you met the Earth? There's a lot of them out there. I'm looking at some. Not, uh, not, 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 not present not the, company. Not the fam. Um, I do like to have at least one or two friend talks during the day, and I have like three people. You know, as you, I wrote in list. my memoir, it's hard Me not neither. to hate you. Wow, haters gonna hate. I have three friends, basically. Yeah, she's kind of a bitch, huh? <laughs> and I talk to them during the day, and also my mother. She usually calls. I would love your to- mother, who has yet to read any any of your memoirs. Would you love to get a call from Val? I enjoy speaking with I would her. Love to I get think a call she has a lot Val of advice too. to offer, but I guess it's never going to happen. No, we're not. We're not on her short list. Uh, yeah, we're not. Bronze, not even bronze medalists. <laughs> Judy and I often email during the day. That's not what you. Who cares? We're not backpedaling. This is changing the subject. Yes. She has three friends, yeah. Michael. I guess you're number what seven, eight, Cause, Judy. Because someone's going to get ill out of those three, so she's going to call number four, and that's never happened. So you're probably like number six. I'm having a hot flash. It's happening. Look at her changing the subject. Uh, <laughs> wow. Okay, we'll let you off the hot, the hot seat. No, Don't speak for me. <laughs> malice won't, but it's hard not to hate you. <laughs> what was that? It's hard. Not- <laughs> Available at bn.com. Uh, so <coughs> I'm a little sick today. A sick of Val. <laughs> In her uppity ways. <laughs> what? Maybe we should call some of your friends. I know. What Jesus. are the three? Maybe one of them will call in. No. <laughs> well, not. actually, um, Mike Edison might be calling in. He's on the road. He's promoting his book, Dirty, 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 which is also available on Amazon.com and many fine bookstores. And at ValerieFrankel.com. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be at the University of Chicago today at uh, 3 p.m. Chicago time, which or 2 p.m. Chicago time, which is 3 p.m. our time. So if you're in Chicago listening, you still have time to get there. Go to MikeEdison.com for more uh, details. Details. Info. Yes. Thank you, Val. I'm actually reading Mike's book right now, and I think it's pretty amazing. It is pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Um, As and- someone who's like 100% self-referential in the memoirs that I write, including It's Hard Not to Hate You. Uh, <laughs> Wait, Mike's how could you not reporting- be self-referential in a memoir? Well, I am. But how can you not be self-referential? Well, yes, exactly. But Mike's thing is so well-reported and oh, yeah, it really so is. contextual. I mean, he really is putting these porn guys in their place in yeah, history. His, his Hugh Hefner um, take is not so not so kind to Hugh. Val, you took my notes for your hot flash. She thinks she's better than us. I think that's the consensus. <laughs> I know my hot flash is definitely better than yours. So so what what do you think is the best thing about writing at home? I I personally like like sitting around in my underpants. Underwear, yeah. I'll yeah. That. It's true. It's such a it's like a true cliche. 
It really is. The like, pajamas thing. Well, my friend, just, my friend who lives downstairs from me just got a job where she's working at home for Discovery News. And I came, we, go for, we try to go for a walk like once a day to get out of the house and have human contact. <laughs> oh God, and she, you do boot camp, too. I do boot camp twice a week, yeah. But she, um, she's like, oh, look at me. I'm such a slob. I was like, you're still wearing pants that snap. <laughs> like, <laughs> you haven't given it to like, the sweatpants yet. Um, so, so that is my best thing. What, what about you, Michael? The thing about me with, with writing, uh, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's some kind of atavistic animal thing. Like I can't, like if I'm going to the bathroom, I can't have people talking to me or be around me. Like I've got to be in my space. You're pee shy. Well, it's also if, like if I'm, and no, poop shy. if I'm doing number two and my friend's in the living room <laughs> and they're like, I'm going to chase the channel. I'm like, no, you're supposed to pretend I'm not here. <laughs> like I can't handle it. <laughs> Um, oh my god! So the same thing with the writing. I, I, if someone's in my apartment, I can't do it. Like I got to be so focused. So I, yeah, I just really like being in yeah, my man it's cave. True. It's true. Well, we're gonna take a, a short break, and we're gonna hear um, from one of Val's favorites, Ryan Adams, um, doing a song about loneliness. Not that Michael's lonely. Um, it's called <laughs> "Dear Chicago." I don't. It's kind of a windy song. Dear Chicago, you never guess. You know the girl you said to me someday. Well, I got something to confess. She picked me up on Friday. Asked me if she reminded me of you. I just laughed and lit a cigarette. Said that's impossible to do. The last got in simple sense. And the fluctuates so much. Happy and sad and back again We're not crying now too much But think about you all the time It's strange and hard to deal Think about you lying there And those blankets lie so still Nothing breathes here in the cold Nothing moves or even smiles I've been thinking summer super sad Okay, and we're Hello. back Hi. We're back and people are oh, looking look at, at us. Lesbians. Oh my god, they can hear you. So? They can? I don't know. No, they can't. <laughs> it's the one way we remember. Yeah, they can't see you either. Listen to your mother. Do press Tam, Michael. Come what? on. Do press Tam. Press Tam? I think he's. You don't know what press Tam is? No, what's that? It's when you you put your ass against the window. Oh! Ass on the glass. Nobody knows that. Is that a little boorish? Yes. Well, yes. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so yeah, so I can't work with other people around either. Like oh, going oh. to coffee shops to write—that oh was like it's exhibitionism torture. to me. I think. Well, people- oh, I know. I don't the the I the the author Arthur Phillips who wrote. He's a one of those literary types that that is incredibly smart, but doesn't sell a lot of books. Unfortunately, he sits in this local um, cafe in my neighborhood all day, writing his incredibly complex plots. And I just see him there, and I cannot believe it. Yeah, I, I need total that. silence. Like when yeah. when my husband comes in the room and he's sort of fussing around behind me, my desk is terrible feng shui because my back is to the door, and I just get irrationally angry at him. Yep. And you, Sorry. Guys, you guys at least have like two you. floors. Well, no. <laughs> so I just sort of like say these really obnoxious things, like you know, how much longer are you going to futz around and annoy me? Get out! Get out! <laughs> get out! And then he leaves, and he's upset, and, you know, then we have a little fight, but we make up. (laughs) On the kitchen counter. It's like every day is a drama, working at home. Apparently every day is a porno. (laughs) A porno with drama. For a while. And comedy. For a while, Spiro (laughs) is working out of our apartment, too. And we have a railroad with no doors. Right. And that made me feel like I was going to murder him. Yeah. But you definitely need space. Yeah. 
for sure. So, so what is the worst thing about working at home by yourself? The downstairs neighbors with the reggaeton. Oh, wow. every song, what? reggaeton music. Oh. See, I'm not as white as you, so I'm familiar. I know, you're with, so black. With, I didn't I say I black. Would. That's Dominican. Oh, oh. man, haters gonna hate. <laughs> and every song sounds the same, and you can feel it on the floor. They do. They play it all day. No, I, it's just enough that it. I'm anticipating them playing. It. Yeah, noise is a terror. Like we have dogs that live on the downstairs Ugh. apartment and they bark and you, you I can want get, to kill them. You can get something to get them to stop, like these silent things. It'll burst their eardrums? Like whenever they bark, they will hear a tone and the owners won't hear it. Oh. And it'll work through the floor. Really? Yeah, or just put it like a mezuzah. I... <laughs> <laughs> they'll choke on it no when the dogs bark they'll hear this high-pitched noise and they'll their dogs aren't that that's oh so why had to put it in a mezuzah down there yeah on their landing but i think it'll work through the door the floor she's watching oh these lesbians are looking at us Shut uh, up. Uh, <laughs> i have i have two personal trainers living next door who have really loud acrobatic sex that oh. shakes are they my... uh, you mean two gay men no no they're a straight couple oh, okay they have the loudest sex I've ever heard, and Spirit. One time, Spirit thought it was an earthquake, oh and then we God. heard their howls. And their their bed is against our sofa. It's it, that's what that's not really a bad thing about working at home. It just makes me hate them. Well, it's a distraction. Jealous. The worst thing, kinda. About, the thing about working from home is the distractions that are there. And if you're looking for one, you and can find look, it exactly. I mean, even just sitting in front of the computer. I heard somebody say that. Uh, the guy Joshua Four who wrote Moonwalking with Einstein. I'm reading that right now, which is so amazing. I yeah. loved it. You pro- it, it's not. You're smarter than him, so you're probably in. Wow, I'll take that compliment. Uh, anyway, I'll remember that compliment. What he did is he turned off his airport for five hours every day. I have a program called Freedom that will block your internet access until you you can say like an hour oh, off, and um. You know, it, it won't, counts down. It counts right. down, and it won't let you go online unless you restart your computer, which See, I have. I, I kind of feel like I would be. I, I, this sounds crazy, as even as I'm saying it, but I feel like I'd be ethically opposed. Like, if I need a program to do this, this is some flaw in my character that I need to address. Like, oh my I'm, god, you're, you're too hard any... on yourself. Well, that's what happens when you read Ayn Rand. Don't you? Have... <laughs> <laughs> when you read and enjoy Ayn Rand. Yeah. <laughs> for pleasure yeah i mean i have no i have a lot of character flaws my internet addiction is just one of the smaller ones right and often you know when you're doing a story like a journalism story or just anything and you need to check the name or check an address or just a source or something you need the internet that second yeah and i mean michael you probably don't remember the days without the internet when you were writing a story but it was very hard it's so easy now uh, excuse me judy <laughs> mcguire but my first paycheck was writing for tropical fish hobbyist and national aquarium <laughs> magazine when i was in high school and rest assured that the facts about the longhorn cowfish lectora cornuta were not available to me at a fingertips notice you had to go to the fish library no i had to observe my specimens hmm. and extrapolate from that and you probably checked your facts in a book i did it was um there's this big encyclopedia about every aquarium fish ever is it an ichthyology? Ichthyology is for, is for the scientists, so we're more uh, marine culture, I think is the term. It's just like the difference between horticulture and botany. This so you traded your fish for plants? Yeah. Why? The blackout. Harvey Picar wrote a story about it in our movie year. The blackout. I had something called a soap fish, and it's called a soap fish because when it's freaked out, it can release a cloud of soapy poison, and it took out the whole tank, including itself. Wow. It was really intense. 
That would make well. That is not going to happen with your plants. <laughs> that is correct. They are not going to kill each other in a mass murder suicide. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> but they do whisper a lot. <laughs> I that really do want to know what they they say. It's I don't speak French. Do they say vote democratic? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they wouldn't say that. <laughs> so, so do you guys ever have people say like you should write about this? And no. then tell you some really boring story. No, from you know what life. I get. Everybody does. Every you know, I since I started doing more ghostwriting, people, random people, email me saying, "I really hope you'll tell, you'll write my story, or will, will you talk to me about writing a book?" And I'll pay you, a, you know, like fifty bucks. <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked me what I would charge, and I sent back a completely honest email, and never heard from her again. I get you should write my book. Yeah. And ever, Ayn Rand. I'm going to quote her because you will agree with her, and that'll shock you both. She said. Something is not of interest simply because it happens to you, and this is from the Archbishop of Selfishness. And that's really true. Everyone thinks their life is worthy of a memoir, when clearly only Val and my lives are worthy of memoirs. <laughs> I know, it's like the willful delusion to believe yeah. that anybody else would give a shit. Because it. how often do people pay you for your stories? Ask that per- You know what I mean? But no right. one wants to hear that. Yeah. Well, and you know, the- they, they want to believe that your experiences, that other people can relate to your experiences. No, I think they just think they're special interesting. But as Fight Club's taught us, you're not a special snowflake. By the way, Ego and Hubris is available right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Michael Malice story by Harvey Pekar. Which is a brilliant book that it really I is totally great. love. And we actually had Michael sign our copy Every today. I. I Every review was positive, which blew my mind, wow. even though The Onion called me a human cockroach. Really? That's a compliment. I think from they them. meant in the sense that I'm indefatigable and can't be destroyed, but there's the subtext there too. <laughs> or that you'll survive yeah. past the next Ice Age. It really was a fun book. So, what are you guys working on now, Val? I am uh, doing the edits on Gorilla Beach, which is the Snooky sequel. Sneakwell. Sneakwell. The friggin' sequel, as I call it. And I am going to be doing another ghostwriting project with a very fashionable friend of mine who also lives in Brooklyn. Who Obviously has a not TV me. show oh. about the things that you shouldn't wear. Who could say. it be? Who could it possibly be? Hmm. Don't you? Can I ask? Like, don't you? I never have done a book without my name on it. Yeah. Is that like a like a dilemma for you? No. Okay. No, because I it would be it, a big dilemma for you, wouldn't it, Michael? Yeah, with it's the, the, yeah. Iran, it's the Iran thing. It's just like I put my heart and soul into this maybe mm-hmm. i shouldn't maybe that's my mistake uh and you know i want credit for it okay speaking of ego and hubris we have um mike edison on <laughs> oh, the phone mike edison <laughs> mike i love your book it's so much fun awesome thank you so much hope you guys are behaving yourself nope i'm a little fearful of uh judy's imperialist ways we've we've, re- we've redrawn the postcard the we've redrawn the logo it's just the judy show you've been replaced i know we have another so michael here, here. You know, we, we we had this nice run though, Judy, didn't we? We wore the thing with two heads. You, you were you were good until you retired to the Midwest. <laughs> Let me tell you something. We're at the University of Chicago right now, and there's a room full of the best-looking student bodies you could possibly oh, imagine. Michael just said there's not a single attractive person in Chicago. True lie. Send me <laughs> not true because Mickey Finn, the world's greatest piano player, is here, and he's very good looking. <laughs> send me a pic of one good-looking woman. Oh, I could send you a few. No, not Photoshop. Chicago. No, from Chicago. There's plenty <laughs> of good-looking women. False. Frankly, the chicks, the chicks here are dynamite-looking. This is like you mean because they should be exploded. School. You know, I mean, if you go to the north side, it's all like jocks and frat boys where we were last night. But uh, this everybody here is like really cute and really smart. Looking. I don't believe you. And you had a, you had a I pizza know, you know. named after you, didn't you, Michael? Oh, you were awesome. out there. 
last night was the was the Mike Edison dirty pie coronation ceremony. Is that the way this was when we played at the pizzeria last night? We fucked up these kids with our dirty blues and tales of uh, pornography in a, in a pizzeria, and now we're playing in an art gallery in a museum. Why is this pizza? Chicago. Why is this pizza so salty? <laughs> Why does this pizza taste like tuna? <laughs> Well, it doesn't taste like my balls, right? Now we have a Cheesy. we have a child in here, <laughs> and a man, and a man child. <laughs> so, well, Judy, I don't want to keep you keep you away from your campaign to take over the Heritage Radio Network. <laughs> you know, Katie and Patrick split up. It could be us next, Mike. Who's Katie? Oh Patrick? my God! You know, it's like it's like it's like cage match. Who's Mary and who's Rhoda? You know, <laughs> I'm Mary. Yeah, keep these kids in line. I'm counting on you. More like I got right. you. Have a great trip back. All right, I'm gonna fuck somebody up now. See you guys soon. Bye, Bye Mike. Bye. Hey, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I think the pie had like gumbo on it or something. <laughs> oh, gross! Harry okra. I don't think that's, I love Harry. it when when people use non traditional ingredients in in that, those ways. It's just fun to try at least, like crab pizza. Ugh. Yeah, not my fave. No. Look at you haters. Well, they have really good pizza here. Uh, As you heard, it's awesome. It is awesome. It's and I look forward outrageous. to eating some. Okay, so you're working on the Ghost Project. Michael, what do you have coming up? I'm working on D.L. Hughley's book, and I'm putting together my own proposal about the world of succulent plants called God's Mistakes. And what about your rock star bio? By Brett Michaels? Yeah. <laughs> It'll be in bookstores any day now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just went back and um, speaking of not everyone deserves to write a memoir. I went through and, <laughs> and reread my memoir proposal, and I have to rewrite the whole thing. It's really this girl's a bad. bitch. <laughs> what a bitch! I hate her. <laughs> it's so boring. What was fire. your title, Judy? Bad advice. Oh, do, of course. Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. It's about you know being an advice column. Which Isn't is... there a show? <laughs> I believe there's a show coming up Isn't called Miss Advised it... with the, your, secret crust, your secret crush, your secret crush, Emily um, Morse. Emily Morse. It. It's not a secret. I'm gay for Emily Morse. <laughs> mm. I would love to choke her unconscious <laughs> until the blood comes out her eyes. Oh, oh my god! Oh, you're just jealous. <laughs> We are jealous, and we're almost out of time. Um, do you guys have anything you would like to plug coming up? No, uh, I do have a novel coming out in March. You know, something that I churn show. and crank. <laughs> I, I, I feel so out. bad for saying that. No, I'm writing. Hi, I'm writing copy for a prom website. So <laughs> I'm churning. As long as it pays the bills. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't mind not having my name on things. I yeah, do put too. my heart into it, and I'm proud of my work, and I wouldn't want anything of mine that was out there even without my name on it to be sub, sub you know subpar quality yeah but no i figure you know do you get paid more when you when it's it's complete i mean we don't have to get into details obviously but if it's if it's just completely ghost uh it really it depends on the project okay. everything is different uh that's what i figured snooki pays more than the prom website i'm pretty sure maybe not <laughs> well thank you guys so much for coming in we love um, you, judy. thank you judy <laughs> Thank you, Michael.
Thanks for listening to this program. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Lee Ullman here with some big news from the National Young Farmers Coalition. We're partnering with Heritage Radio Network on a special season of The Farm Report. It's all about what's happening with the Farm Bill and how it impacts farmers and eaters. I am growing diversified vegetables on land that's been in our family for 150 years. And so with the pandemic, gentrification, property values going up, we had to sell the land and we lost it. Join us as we uncover the untold stories behind this massive piece of legislation that shapes how we grow our food, what we eat, and so much more. The problems we have had, those are things that come from earlier Farm Bill and USDA policy, right? Like, Earl Butts, get big or get out. You know, it's my responsibility to know not only what I'm eating, but then like how, how that all came to be and realize like, wow, like this piece of legislation, all this money, like it's technically something that I support as a taxpayer. While Congress debates the next farm bill, this is not just an invitation to listen. It's a call to action. Be part of the conversation. Subscribe to The Farm Report on Heritage Radio Network wherever you listen to podcasts.